Mike Johnson. Mike usually doesn't call me on a Sunday morning. Um, and so I thought, well, it must be a little detail he wants me to remind me about when I do announcements. Because I haven't done announcements for a while. Some of you have been going, hey, where's Bill? He's been behind the camera for the past six months. And so who knew I, my coming back would be to give a message when I had uh, just about uh, an hour warning. So um, I remember, and then I told Mark, and he, Mike said he's like 50-50, you know, going to make it. And then uh, I told Mark, and Mark's like, what? Because Mark's been practicing with the worship team and all that, right? Hasn't, doesn't have an idea of what's happening. And so then he got on the phone and told his dad, uh, let me talk to mom. And mom, take him to ER right now. So uh, with that, I discovered that I would be given a message that I wasn't prepared to give today. In light of that, one of the thoughts that came to my mind was Dr. John Baird. He was a pastor that I served with on our staff at the previous church I was there at for 17 years. And I remember him one time saying, just give me 15 minutes and I can, I'm ready to go with a message. And uh, I, didn't, I had more than 15 minutes this morning and I still have no idea how he pulled that off. And you have no idea how I'm going to pull off having about 35 minutes, so 40 minutes, whatever it was that I had. But I thought of something that speaks to my heart all the time, and that's just trusting God. And having the faith to do that no matter what's going on. Because when I look through Scripture, there's something that God says that pleases him. You know, sometimes we wonder, what would please somebody? What would be the best thing? We got... You know, as my mind comes around at Christmas, like, okay, what would be the greatest? What would please them? What would put a smile on their face? What would make it great for them? And, and, and I thought, well, what would that be if we asked God that question? God, what would put a smile on your face? What would please you? What would bless you? What, in effect, would, if we could call it, make your day? And his, his word tells us what that is. His word makes it very clear what that is. And it's found in Hebrews. And so if you got a Bible, which I hope you do, I want you to invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, as we well know. So yeah, if you thought we were going to cover COVID recovery, freedom recovery, uh, Pastor Mike will pick that up, I'm sure, next week. But right now, we're, uh, I'm trying to recover from the, the, the notice of saying what it is and feeling free to preach something. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, and those of you that are joining us online, glad you're with us as well. Thanks for being here. And those that are over in the Fellowship Center hanging out, hey, we actually had rain this morning, so it made me think like, oh, it was worth all of our effort to get all the chairs and do everything that we did, because sometimes you're like, is this really? Yes, it was. So praise God. So we're in Hebrews chapter 11, and what I want to talk to you about is what pleases God, and I want to talk to you about faith. So how do I know that faith pleases God? Well, as I told you, I invite you to turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11, and as I said, the word no, it's not something that I think pleases God or I hope pleases God, but something I can say that I know pleases God. And so if you got your Bible, look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, a very familiar verse to many of us this morning. It says this, and without faith, it is what? It is impossible, you got that word, to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and then he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So if we go through Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, we, were, we obviously would see stories about faith. 
These people discovered what can happen when they trust God with our problems, with surprises, with challenges, with trials that come as they do, with even heartaches or circumstances. And and I think if we were to ask them, hey, how big is your God? They would say, well, look at my life. (laughs) He had to show up because I couldn't do it on my own without trusting him as we're doing this morning for trusting God to care for Pastor Mike. You see, these men and women had their good days and they had their bad days. And if you were to look at the bad days of their life, you'd go, how could you ever make it in to the hall of faith? How could you make it to be, so to speak, good? It's because they're human like you and me. We have times where we trust God and we're going, man, look at him. We have other times that we don't trust God, and you're like, yeah, don't, don't look at me today in this moment and where I'm dealing with or where I am. But these men and women did that. And, and, and at pivotal moments in their lives, when hard-pressed, they maintained faith in a big God. You could say that they passed the test of their faith more often than they failed them. We would call that maturity, Right? And sometimes as you've been tested with your faith and maybe you fail, but now that circumstance or that challenge or that phone call or that text comes along and you go, I know what to do with that now because you've matured, you've understood, you've grown deeper in your relationship with God and you understand God and a better way to be able to go, God, I'm going right to you with what is going on today. I did that just moments ago. It's interesting in verse 12 of Hebrews Chapter 6, it says, so that you may be not be sluggish. In other words, this is pleasing God, or faith in God. And verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 6, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So to grow in your faith, you must be fervent, not sluggish. We must be active. So let's make sense of this. If you got your Bible again, turn back over. If you were at six, great. If you were still in 11, even better right now, because let's just look at verses one to three. Let's read that for a moment. Hebrews chapter 11, verses one to three of the central text for this moment we have today together in God's word. Now, faith is being sure what we hope for and certain what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that it, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. A few other translations put it this way. The ESV, I was reading from the NIV 84 because it's a comfort passage for me in that translation. The ESV puts it that now faith, this is verse 1 of Hebrews 11, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Faith is the confidence that what is we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And so just a couple other translations there of what that looks like. In other words, all these versions help us to understand and make better sense of a definition of what, what is faith. Our topic for this. So what is faith? Well, in simple, short answer, faith is Trust. Faith is trust. That's how I'm going to define it this morning. Within the context of Hebrews 11, this trust is not merely based on knowledge. The foundation of the faith described in Hebrews 11 is not about what they knew. Catch this. 
but it's about what God said. Does that make sense? It's not faith in what they understood or knew. It's about faith focused back on God. It's what he said, and that's where the trust, that's where the faith, that's where our assurance, that's where our hope comes from. It's not because I understand it all or can make sense of everything and how it unfolds in a given day, given hour, given minute, given relationship, given trial. It's that I have this in God and God himself, and that's what they had there. So hope for, not seen. In other words, it's not, because, not faith based on knowledge, but on what God said. And if you look back at verse 2 in Hebrews chapter 11, read this again with me. Look at this. It says, this is what the ancients were commended for, this faith, this trust. It's what they're recognized for. It's why this chapter is in existence in our scriptures. While the people mentioned in Hebrews 11 hadn't taken hold of the full understanding, right? They, they didn't grasp everything. They rested on hope. And while they had not seen much come to pass, they trusted in God's spoken word. Is that not what we're doing here? <laughs> Why did we go to prayer this morning for Pastor Mike? Because we trust in what God's spoken word tells us. That's our instruction. And out of obedience and faith to this word, we respond accordingly. And that pleases God, right? So back to this looking at verse 2 and just this reflection on here of spoken word. Uh, go back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve didn't have any knowledge or much knowledge either. I mean, they're just new. They, they can't Google anything, right? Uh, they have no apps on their phone to help them figure out stuff. There's no dictionary. Uh, whatever the resources you go to to learn, I, I hear my kids, oh, just Google this, Dad, and Google that, Dad. I'm like, oh, what can I learn from my children? A lot, apparently. Just Google this, Google that, right? But they did have two significant blessings as they started off their journey in life. Again, Adam and Eve had one thing. Number one is they had God's what? Spoken word, right? They had God's spoken word. And number two, they had something that I believe all of us, many of us, hopefully all of us have, and that's a personal relationship with God. So God's spoken word, that's what they have and a personal relationship with him. That's what they're going on as they go through life. And we know sometimes that uh, that's not enough, apparently, for how they made their decisions, but we won't go there for this morning. You see, the problem for them was trusting God. They knew him. They had that personal relationship with him, right? But they didn't trust him the way that we should trust him or that we would say that they should trust him. And we've all been there. So for us today, we have both God's spoken word and a personal relationship. We have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us when we come to know Christ. As the Bible says, we have all we need for life and godliness. So if we agree that faith is trust, it's important. The question still remains. Who or what is our faith or trust in? I'm sure you could get this answer correct but let's just revisit this. There, there, back in 1987, it was a great year to graduate from high school, by the way. Um, there was this song that came out by George Michael, and it was Faith. Gotta have faith. Have any of you remember that? I, I don't remember exactly what the lyrics were, because I was never one of his fans. Um, and that hasn't changed. Um, 
But I, I remember that was such a popular song. You gotta have faith, mm, mm, you know, and it kind of grooves and all that, and I like that. Faith in what? See, there's a lot of people out there that says, oh, you gotta have faith. Faith in what? See, the object of the faith is what matters. It's great if you have faith, if you can trust, but what's it in? What are you dependent on? For faith to be meaningful, it has to have an object and a sure foundation. The Bible offers only one, and that's Jesus Christ. We, we get that, right? But it's at times that we are challenged, we struggle to trust the object of our faith, to trust this person, God himself. The, help, the power behind the promises of Christianity is solely in the person of Jesus Christ. The person speaking throughout eternity is Jesus Christ, looking at the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His character, his track record, and his written word is second to none. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. No for no matter how many promises God made, they are yes in Christ. No matter how many promises they are, there are, and there's a lot. But they are yes, they are affirmed in Christ. Another translation puts it this way: For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Everything comes back to Christ. It begins with Christ, it ends with Christ. So while we examine the evidence that, that is tangible, knowable, perceivable concerning our Christian faith, we can reaffirm that our faith in Jesus Christ is both reasonable and founded. And if you think about it, what other person in history has done what he's done? Both internally through scripture's evidence and externally through historical evidence and archeological evidence. In other words, our faith in Jesus Christ is not blind. It is rather something that is significant. It is not brainless. It is not a feeling. It is not a hunch. It is not a, I sure hope so. Could you imagine putting all of eternity on, gosh, I really hope this works. I want something more than that, right? And so as we look at Christ, we can have that assurance. We can have that faith as we trust in him. See, your faith in Jesus Christ is not sentimental. It's not merely an intellectual assent to certain doctrines. You see, faith in Jesus Christ is a solid conviction because it rests on God's word, which has been tested and scrutinized and looked over more than any other book of all time. Therefore, it makes the future present and the invisible seen within the eyes of faith in Christ. Let me state that again. It makes the future present and the invisible seen with the eyes of faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's our object. Without Christ, the future, well, does become hopeless. It, it remains invisible. And in fact, it becomes somewhat meaningless. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the author and perfecter of our faith, not only our faith, but our existence. Look at verse 3 if you've got your Bible. Look back at verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith we understand that the universe, oh, okay, was formed by God's command. 
so that what is seen, this world we live in, this earth, was not made out of what was visible. So the writer here in Hebrews is wanting to dive in a little bit deeper, taking a step back, a little different perspective, and that's what he's bringing us here. In other words, Genesis 1, the creation account, there's a plurality of Hebrew in the reference to God. Not three gods, but the Trinity, three persons. What's significant about verse 3? Well, out of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ, without him, we don't exist. I don't exist. Our world doesn't exist. And guess what else doesn't exist? Faith. He's the author and perfecter of it. Faith doesn't exist without Christ without him bringing into existence. In the book of Job, Job, God asked Job if he was present when the world was made. Job, did you see that happen? Did you have your phone out taking a video of it so you could post it on your, your, your Instagram or your whatever to show, hey, I saw this is what happened? Well, obviously, no. Job, and he asked the question, where were you? In other words, Job, you can't possibly know and see everything like God does, which brings us back to this faith, this trust in him, not just partially, but completely. Trusting God completely, wholeheartedly, something that we conveniently do over time, maybe not as well in the past as we do maybe today, and maybe we'll even be better in the future as maturity happens, as God works in us. And since we, the world and faith, do exist, then who Jesus Christ is matters. And how you trust Jesus Christ and his word matters. Because it comes back to Christ, right? Have you ever noticed that the world rests on the mantra, seeing is believing? In other words, if I see it, I'll believe it. But scripture paints that a different way. The Bible says something different. God tells us that there is more than what meets the eye. And the reason is this, the righteous shall walk by faith and not by sight. The righteous, those in Christ, will walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, how you trust Jesus Christ and what he says matters. It matters wholeheartedly. It matters completely. Your life depends on it. Truth is, there is an unseen realm, a spiritual world created by Jesus Christ that exists even though we don't see it. It is only by trusting in Christ that makes the future present and the invisible seen through the eyes of Christ. But as again, as I said and I repeat, this is difficult to do, isn't it? To trust him completely? After all, we're so programmed to believe our eyes, not our heart. But this is nothing new in having a relationship with God. It's been going on for thousands of years. I mean, think about the disciples for a moment. The 12 that had gathered with Jesus followed him. There were more, but the 12 that he chose and picked out. So consider the the struggles that they had with trusting God. Consider the disciples on the day that Jesus was crucified. Their eyes, what they saw, told them that their faith was futile. The past three or so years, like, what was all that for? Because you remember, they, they did get changed around, right, in the next three days, and they were all standing around the grave waiting for it to open, because we know what he said. We're all here to watch. Oh, wait, that, that didn't happen, did it? 
Again, they saw with their eyes and relied on what they had seen and what they had heard with that. They walked away. Their faith and their trust in him was shattered. They didn't grasp what was going on. Consider the recipients of the book of Hebrews. They knew the gospel of Jesus Christ and believed it. But they understood, underwent fierce persecution, socially and physically, both from the Jews and from the Romans. Christ had yet to return to establish his kingdom. Uh, sound familiar? Christ <laughs> had to return to establish his kingdom. Believers need to be reasserted that Christianity was true and that Christ was the Messiah. So they wrote this, they showed this, they lived that out, and we get to see that today. Yet there is something that they needed to remember. There's something that you need to remember, that I need to remember. Because of Jesus Christ, the verdicts of the future reverse the ver verdicts of the moment. Excuse me, let me say that again. Because of Jesus Christ, faith in him, trust in him, focus on him, the verdicts of the future reverse the verdicts of the moment. Let me give you some examples of what I mean by that. On Good Friday, the verdict of the moment appeared that Christ was dead. But the future verdict reversed it. Let me give you another example. Today, the verdict of the moment appears that Jesus isn't coming back. But the future verdict will reverse that. I'll give you another example. The verdict of the, says my mom and my dad will stay in their grave. I lost both of them when I was a kid. But the future verdict, according to what Scripture says, will what? Reverse that. As we begin to understand and process what it means to trust God, you see that because of the coming verdict of the future, I choose to trust Christ and live in the moment differently. That goes back to verse one. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The stifles had to wrestle with this. The people of the faith that walked by faith in Hebrews 11 had to wrestle with this. I've had to wrestle with this. You have to wrestle with this. That's part of the journey of walking with Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ connects us with what I believe about the past, present, and the future. It affects the way I live. But Hebrews 11.13 tells us that it also affects the way that we die. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 13. Jumping down. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Praise God. But notice this. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on this earth. So they didn't get to have everything the way that they wanted. Just like you and just like me. Of how what we would like to see and unfold. See, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, David, and others died before receiving the promises that were told to them. But they did receive them through their eyes of faith. And as a result, it made the invisible visible. You see, true biblical faith is the confident obedience to God's word in spite of problems, in spite of heartaches, in spite of circumstances, in spite of surprises on a Sunday morning at about 845. This is what we have hope in. When I was in seminary, as Matt and I were in seminary and Pastor Mike was in seminary, we had certain books that we had to read. 
it's so funny. I was driving up this morning thinking about this book. It's written by Eugene Peterson. And in our first uh, semester, first, uh, yeah, I think it was the first semester there at, at Talbot in the Master Divinity program, you meet with uh, just one of our favorite professors, Dr. McBorsma. And then one of your field education and how you go out and do ministry and I mean, begin to get practical uh, experience. Um, we had this book that we had to read. It's written by Eugene Peterson. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. A long, not short, obedience in the same direction. And I thought about that in a new way because this professor just retired. And I thought, he actually lived out that book. I mean, I knew he was, but now I can look back on all the years of his faithfulness and go, Oh, that's what that means. It means to finish well. It means to finish strong. It means to complete the race in his vocation that God had set out for him. Well, friends, that describes what Hebrews 11 is, a long obedience in the same direction. Does your life reflect that so far today, this week, in 2020? Whatever age you are, whatever you're going through or going to be going through this week, Does your life reflect a a long obedience in the same direction? What's your object of your faith in? What's your hope in? You see, it is to describe how you and I are to serve Jesus over the course of a lifetime. So what is faith? Faith is trust. The object of our faith is Christ. So how does this faith work for living as a Christian? As one person put it, This way, God speaks, we listen, we trust him, and so we obey him. Let me state it again. God speaks, again, this is answering the question, how does faith work for the living out as Christians? God speaks, we listen, we trust him, and so we obey him. Let me put it to you this way. How would you live today if you believed absolutely that God existed and that he spoke his will for your life and that he loves you completely and then he has a destination for you that makes the world bleak by one square foot of heaven? How would you answer that question? How would you live today if you believed that God cared about your every action and every concern and wished to reward you incredibly for your faith. Because as I begin, that's we're reminded of what pleases him. Let me ask you another question. How would you live in the face of opposition if you believe in God? If you believe that he said uh, what he said? If you trusted him as if your life actually depended upon him? Not on what you see, but on what he has said. Just like everybody else did before us. And you might say, but I I do believe, I do believe absolutely. I believe with all that I am and with all that I had. Well, this leads to a final question for this morning. It's this, how would you live differently if you did not believe? 
If you say that you have faith, if you say that you're trusting God, if Christ is the object of your faith, and that's all there, how different would your life be if you didn't believe in him? Would it be black and white? Would it be some shades of gray? (laughs) Would it be kind of camouflaged? You figure out the analogy, but it's an important question for us to reflect on of how our lives are lived out if we say that we're claiming to trust God. You see, Hebrews 11 teaches us that the life of faith in Jesus Christ is the only life that pleases God. It's the only life that pleases God. When you completely trust God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, it leads you to live differently. It leads you to live differently. You realize that the verdict of the future reverses the verdict of the moment You live with assurance. You live with hope. Let me conclude with this simple story. In May of 1990, the May Day celebration was carried out in Red Square at dusk. It began to settle on the USSR. Myriads of troops and tanks filled through the square, an impressive, oppressive show of force as banners and pictures of Marx and Lenin pointed to the sky. Communist leaders watched the scene from a seemingly unapproachable platform as the common person was held back by barricades. Suddenly, eight men began pushing their way through the barricades. The police and the army tried to run them over and stop them, but six of them got away and rushed between the tanks in front of the platform where Gorbachev looked down. One of them shouted, Christ has risen and lifted up an eight-foot cross to the sky. And the crowd that was there responded with the great swell, Christ is risen indeed. You see, this kind of faith, that's the kind of faith that pleases God. God, we desire to please you by trusting you. And God, as we've thrown together a message, as I put this together this morning, obviously one that I've had before, but just trying to make sense of it all, God, and all that's going on in our church and with our pastor, with COVID, God, I just, I guess you wanted to remind me of no one else. that my trust needs to be in you. I need to constantly, constantly check that. I check that as I look at your word, your spoken word. And even though I can't see you, God, I can certainly see your word and I can see how my life and lives within this church have been transformed because they've put their faith and trust in you. God, we do that continually today in lifting up Pastor Mike and Alice, the whole Johnson family. God, we lift up this church to you as we trust you, as we give by faith, as we serve by faith, as we share Christ by faith, as we seek to live out by honoring you, by helping more people become fully devoted followers of Christ. God, may that be done in faith. Lord, may our lives reflect a difference daily. 
Because not only that we say we have faith in you, that our actions prove it. In such a way, God, for us individually and as a church, that we would honor you and please you by our faith. Help us with this, God, I pray in your name. Amen.